the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How do you say I'm sorry in Chinese? Well, you're about to find out, uh, courtesy of John Cena. C-E-N-A. He's a uh, wrestler and an actor, and he's been out promoting the ninth installment of the Fast and Furious series. And he made a big mistake. Uh, he referred to Taiwan as a country on Chinese television, and by apologizing for it, he's won a major award. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. There you go. That's the award. And I don't know the word for jerk in Chinese, but John apparently does. Here's a little bit of his apology in Mandarin. Uh information. Yeah, so um uh just in case you're not fluent in Chinese, here's what he said. I, I think I got Hunda Hunda Hunda. I think that might be sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, here's here's what he said. I have many, many interviews. In one of them, I made a mistake. Everyone asked me if I can use Chinese people at F9. Uh, gave me lots of interview information. F9 is uh, Fast and Furious 9. I made a mistake. I have to say right now, it's so, 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 so important. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm so, so sorry for my mistake. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You have to understand I love and respect China and Chinese. Do you get the impression he's sorry there? This guy really does love China. He learned to speak Mandarin so he could promote wrestling there. The new movie has already made $136 million in China, and the Fast and Furious movies have made over $400 million there. Imagine Cena saying the same thing about the Soviet Union 40 years ago, how much he loved, loved, loved the Soviet Union. Imagine American products making that kind of money in the USSR. <clears throat> Cena loves China, and now China knows it, and now John Cena is this week's Mendoza Russ Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Yeah, Hollywood loves China. Movie companies make lots of money and kiss a lot of butt over there. And speaking of Hollywood, when we come back, Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com will be here to talk about what to expect now that Amazon has bought MGM. Yep, Amazon bought something else. Also, in our second half hour, we're going to talk about the hysteria over the 60-minute story about transgender regret that they ran this Sunday. We'll talk about it with a guy who transitioned and retransitioned with no regrets for transitioning back. Stick around. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? 
The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret we make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! Through generations of fighting, anger, and pain, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is still one of the most contentious and misunderstood issues of our time. Raising the question, is it possible to truly love your enemy? In the new film, Hope in the Holy Land, Filmmaker Todd Moorhead discovers the truth behind the headlines and misinformation with personal stories from Jews, Muslims, and Christians in their own words, offering a beautifully produced, politically nuanced, and morally sensitive look at both sides of the conflict. Bishop Kenneth Ulmer says the movie is embarrassingly enlightening. Ambassador Michael Oren calls it a candid, courageous journey through the complexities of the conflict. Hope in the Holy Land takes an honest look at the history and history in the making as you've never seen before. Don't miss Hope in the Holy Land. Available now at SalemNow.com. Watch this film and pass it on. Go to SalemNow.com today. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing, as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine, and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis950. Much cheaper than replacing your carpets. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, if you live long enough, there's a pretty good chance that Amazon will have something to do with every aspect of your life. It may already, for that matter. Just in case he doesn't own enough of the planet, Jeff Bezos, who's worth $189 billion dollars, Decided to buy MGM Studios this week. And Jeff likes to show everybody how woke he is. So what might that mean for the movie business? Christian Toto is a rarity. He's a conservative who writes about Hollywood at HollywoodInToto.com. And he joins us now. Good to have you on again, Christian. Thanks. Oh, thanks for having me. So uh, what did Jeff get for his $8 billion? Well, lots of lots of older titles. Uh franchises like James Bond, the Rocky franchise, Legally Blonde, very familiar titles. And, you know, I I think part of this is, you know, you can kind of flood Amazon Prime with a lot of this material. But what they're saying is it's all, and this is what we see in Hollywood now, is it's all about the IP, the intellectual property. And that means uh, if you own the Lord of the Rings, you can spin it off into a million different directions. If you've got the... uh, the Saw franchise, you make uh, you know sequels and prequels and reboots and you know offshoot movies. So I think that's what they're looking at. If they have all this nostalgia content, they can kind of uh, 
as they say, literally reimagine it. And who knows yeah. where, where that will lead us. So are we about to see a lot of movie brands reimagined then? Once he gets a foothold I mean, that's, there, that's what they're indicating. You know, the one the one thing that's interesting about the, the Bond franchise, which to me is the, the kind of the the crown jewel of what they bought, is that the the Broccoli family. I, think, I believe I have the, the name right. Uh, they partly own the Bond series, so Amazon can't completely renovate the franchise without their say. So, but certainly they're going to be owning a part of it, and they're going to have a significant say in where the franchise goes. And it really. You know, you know, franchises come and they go. You know, Star Wars has really kind of uh, squandered a lot of its goodwill, at least cinematically. But you know, the Bond is the Bond name is still enduring, and I, I just wonder how this was going to impact that. Well, uh, we know you can't have James Bond be a straight, a straight white man. Uh, so will the next one be black, Asian, a woman, uh, gay, transgender, maybe all of the above somehow? You know, who knows? But, uh, you know, I wrote about this on my site. It, you know, Amazon it, it isn't a fair broker when it comes to certain content. They've been uh, censoring right-of-center documentaries. Uh, they've been uh, – some books have, have struggled to get ads on their site uh, to, for promotional purposes. Uh, you know, so, uh, the, uh, you know, Amazon bought the Washington Post, which has kind of leaned more and more to the left in recent years, sadly. Uh, so, you know, I don't think uh, – Old Jeff there knows exactly, you know, cares about being kind of straight down the middle. I think he's got an agenda, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, what we see down the road reflects that. Yeah, um, and what are some other properties that could be woken up? Uh, you mentioned a couple there. Uh, that, that's MGM's been around a long time. Um, there's a lot of stuff there that he could mess around with. Yeah, and this, this, is, this is what is going on right now. Listen, the era of the movie star is over. You can't have a, most actors just can't open a movie like Tom Hanks, you know, super talented actor. He will not guarantee you a hit. He'll, you know, he'll still make a, a few hits, but it's just not going to be a, a slam dunk anymore. We look for properties. It's, it's, you know, superhero movies. It's uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. It's all these different franchises. Listen, this weekend we're seeing Cruella, which is a prequel of the villain from 101 Dalmatians. I mean, why would they even think that that would be successful? Because just that's the way Hollywood kind of maneuvers right now. And I will say part of it is our fault because we keep flocking to all these different reboots and sequels and reimaginings. So they, they understand that that is a curiosity that we have, that we bring to the table and they're exploding it. So it's sort of uh, uh, the, the blame can be spread around the fact that we have less and less really truly original stories. Uh, is the is the movie business uh, still a good business to get in? I mean, I haven't been to a movie. I've been to one movie in the last, uh, I don't know, 17 months, 16 months. And I used to go to at least one movie a week. Uh, and around here, I uh, just drove by the, uh, the theater not too far from where I live uh, a little while ago, and there were like five cars in the parking lot. You know, there's nobody, no, there's just nobody's going to the movie theater. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the million-dollar question. This is going to be a big weekend because not only is Cruella, which is in theory a potential blockbuster, as sad as it is to say, but also A Quiet Place Part 2 opens this weekend. That one's been delayed and delayed because of the pandemic, but the original film was a very good, very smart, very original horror film. Of course, now we've got a sequel. So if, if these movies can't uh, you know, move the needle and get people to theaters, I think Hollywood's in real trouble. I, I, I just, my crystal ball is here. I don't know. I, I am a bit pessimistic. I think people have been locked down for over a year. I think they've been gotten used to not going to the theater. And you get tons of original content at home. Netflix, Amazon, you name it, it's there. So, you know, why would you, you know, hire a babysitter, go to the theater, spend tons of money on a, on a big bucket of popcorn, and then potentially see a lousy movie. It's kind of a yeah. bad deal if you look at it that way. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly far from certain. Well, um, I, I, as I said, I used to go to a movie or two a week um, for a long time, uh, but I saw a lot of bad movies. You know, <laughs> I, would go on, uh, I would go to matinees. I would go at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday or 3 o'clock on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So there were no crowds. But I was stunned by the number of bad movies that I saw. Will, are they going to, is it going to maybe force the studios to actually make 
better movies because um, you're going to have to really make something that is worthwhile for people to actually enter into a movie theater again, whereas before you could throw anything up there and you'd get somebody to pay for it. I think it's a great point. And I think what we saw on the small screen is when you had all these different channels, when you had Netflix putting out original programming, it basically forced everyone else to up their game. The competition made better programming. You know, back in the day when I was a kid, it was, you know, you'd watch the A-Team. It wasn't very, wasn't very yeah. good, sadly. But it was what that was on. Now you've got a million channels, and you really have to bring the best of the best in order to kind of get all those eyeballs. And I, I think you're right. I think that Hollywood is really going to have to make better movies, invest in better stories to get us back into theaters. It's not going to be enough to kind of sit there and spend all that money and time and say, gosh, that movie stunk. I could have sat home, watched Netflix, and if the movie did stink, I just gonna click click a few buttons and I'm 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 savoring something else. I mean that's yeah. the the kind of options you have. And if you watch, I mean if you if you put Netflix on, um, I only have Netflix because it comes free with the with the uh, with the uh, wireless service I have, the the cell phone service I have. I got rid of HBO and all that stuff, but I, I get Netflix and. Um, I, it's amazing. You you put you you go on and look at what's available. The number of movies, not just uh, you know old movies, the just original productions. Who's making all that, and are they making money with it? I mean, there's an you know, unbelievable I, number of of choices on there. It's surreal, and the, the amount of of new content is staggering. And the fact that this isn't the TV of yours; these are even the TV shows that the production value is often of a movie. So it yeah. looks great. The production is strong. I, I don't, I honestly, the, the number side of Hollywood is where I'm the weakest. And I, I, I can't seem to figure out how they can kind of crunch all these numbers and make it all work. I mean, Amazon is, is putting out a Lord of the Rings TV show, even though we just had three great Lord of the Rings movies. And the price tag, I think it's 400 million. It's some astronomical figure. How do those? How does that all what kind of you know balance out again? I, I honestly don't know, and then I also don't know if the theatrical model collapses. What's happened, what happens? Because you know we we do love our streaming. We are watching it. We are kind of gaining that content. But there are more and more streaming platforms. Are we are we going to subscribe to them all? Are we going to subscribe to half? Are we going to kind of maybe sample one month this one month the next? I, I, I feel like there's a lot of flux going on right now, and uh, I think the biggest potential change is people going away from the movies. Yeah, uh, we're talking to Christian Toto. He's uh, uh, You can find him at hollywoodintoto.com, a rarity, a conservative who uh, likes movies and writes about them. I, always, I also like movies a lot, although, as I said, I haven't been to one in a year and a half almost. Um, I, I just it, it, I have to ask you, though, if we get off this uh, Amazon thing for a second— uh, what do you make of John Cena's apology to China? He really does love him some China, doesn't he? he he's scared. Listen, I, I think the movie I want to see next is the negotiations behind that that uh, <laughs> apology. Because yeah. you know he's in these major motion pictures, which Hollywood is hoping and praying get massive ex, uh, exposure in China. And if he's out there saying something that angers China that movie may not play in that, <laughs> that country. It's literally that possible. And then the studio is losing millions and millions. And that's why this is all happening. It's just a very, very um, clear uh, sample of, of the relationship between Hollywood and China. And I think it's, in a way, it's great because it really does clarify it for people who maybe didn't realize that that relationship always going on between Hollywood and China. Maybe it's kind of a it's kind of hard to kind of uh, suss out unless you really kind of dig into it. But here's John Cena just making a fool of himself. And uh, I think all of a sudden everyone knows that Hollywood is beholden to China, will kiss up to China, and uh, will look the other way at all the human rights abuses in that nation. Yeah, uh, and for, if you don't know who John Cena is, he's a, a re I guess he's a former wrestler. He may still be wrestling for all I know. That's one thing I'll, I've never wanted to look at, pro wrestling. But anyway... <laughs> Um, he's in uh, uh, one of the, uh, the the latest installment of the Fast and Furious, as I mentioned in the open, um, and the amount of money that those movies make in China is is just unbelievable. And, yeah, and it's staggering. what they do, the way they contort themselves, 
when they make their movies to make sure they don't uh, make the Chinese mad. Stuff that they put in or take out of a movie that here in America you don't know that they did that, but the reason they did it was because of China, right? Yeah, I mean, it could be a subplot. It could be a Chinese actor or actress. It could be erasing a theme or a subject or a detail that could be considered uh, offensive to Chinese audiences. There's lots and lots of different ways that they do this. It's been going on for a while. But I think you can most see this in what's, what you don't hear. You don't hear any Hollywood stars saying, gosh, China has those concentration camps with uh, Uyghur Muslims. That's terrible. No one is saying that. And Actually, I'll I'll take it back. Richard Gere does, I believe, and maybe Judd Apatow has spoken. He's a very good comedy director. I think he may have been critical of China, but they all are whisper silent because they know where their their bread is buttered at this point. And I saw that you you wrote a piece for The Hill a couple years ago talking about this. Uh, So you've been on to this. Uh, this isn't anything new to you about what's going on with China and the money the movie theaters, uh, movie companies are making. But you pointed out that uh, Tarantino uh, was more than happy to change uh, Django Unchained um, uh, for the Chinese. But if the Americans were to ask him to take out a scene because it's a little bit offensive, he'd, he'd go nuts. He'd start exactly. screaming about his First <laughs> Amendment rights and right. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's exactly right. I will say, I think I'm not I'm pretty sure that Tarantino held his ground with his more recent film. I think he said he wasn't going to tweak uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for Chinese audiences, but he definitely did for Django Unchained. But uh, one thing I am noticing with the Hollywood media, which is both biased and often corrupt, sadly, is they're starting to kind of really kind of bite into the Hollywood-China connection and all the problems associated with it. They're, they're kind of waking up to it, and that, I think that's interesting as well. Yeah, and the studios have to be a little nervous about what's going on, uh, what is going on, or what's, what's going to come of the, uh, just what's going on now, the investigation into the origin of COVID-19. They'd have to be nervous about that. At some point, uh, doing business with China could be a bad idea, couldn't it? I mean, it just could be yeah, a really yeah. bad PR situation. And ironically, uh, what's happening in China now is that China has gotten very good at making Hollywood-style movies, where in the past they needed our product because they couldn't make them quite like we do. We, we make kind of big, noisy blockbusters like, like nobody's business. But now they're getting into that game. So now the Chinese m- movies are doing very well, and they're kind of saying, ah, we don't need as many of the Hollywood movies. They're actually not making as much money these days. So all these years of Hollywood kind of kissing up to China and doing its bidding may backfire where they go, oh, we don't even need your movies anymore. Sorry, we have our own. And we're talking about billions of dollars in business being done between China and the U.S. studios, not just movies. I mean, ESPN, uh, NBA, Disney with uh, with the NBA, and uh, they're making billions. Uh, with all that money, is anybody going to have the guts to put an end to it? There should be put an end to it. There should be an end put to it like yesterday. Yeah. Well, guts in Hollywood, it's not exactly things that go together. Uh, it's yeah. a very cowardly uh, industry. So, yeah, I, I, I think if their movies stop making big coin in China, maybe, maybe their, their tongues will suddenly uh, start loosening and speak up. But until then, I think they're going to stay quiet. Um, and is, can you imagine... I don't know if you're old enough to remember the Cold War and and, and USSR, the you know Soviet Union. Can you imagine John Cena going on television in the late '70s or early '80s and 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 uh, saying how much he loves Russia? <laughs> I can't. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a good. It's uh, a good uh, comparison. But uh, this is the world we live in right now. I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if others do the same thing. I mean, the, the, we, well, I have about 30 seconds left here, uh, but the Russians were out to get us. You know, we were afraid they were going to nuke us, and uh, we, we hated everything about the USSR, and now all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but over the years, uh, China's okay, and they're worse than the Soviet Union, by the way. That's- yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I, I, you know, the Hollywood stars aren't um, well-versed in uh, – global issues. I'm not, I think I'm being very delicate when I'm saying that, so uh, I'm not surprised. But they're looking at their bottom line. They're not thinking of anything else. They want a virtue signal, but at the end of the day, what they want those checks to, to clear, and if uh, if they uh, don't do what they're told, then maybe that won't happen. 
They like that money. Christian, good to have you on. Always, I'm glad I have you uh, available there on request when you're able to do it because I like having someone as a conservative to talk about movies. I, I appreciate it. Christian, Hollywood, oh, Hollywood in Toto.com. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, we'll see you. Um, we'll be back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden is touting America's progress against the COVID-19 pandemic. On the eve of a long holiday weekend that unofficially kicks off summer travel, the president cheered the latest vaccination statistics. He said the U.S. is on its way to meeting his July 4th goal of having 70% of American adults with at least one COVID-19 shot. Just over a month to go. We're at 62 percent. During a speech in Northern Virginia, the president said 10 states have already reached the 70 percent milestone. Greg Clugston, Washington. Senate Republicans have blocked the creation of a bipartisan panel to study the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The Senate fell short of the 60 votes needed to consider a home-passed bill that would have formed a 10-member commission evenly split between the two parties. The Dow up 124 points, the Nasdaq 59 points higher. This is SRN News. We have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We can't walk a mile in their boots. We can't stand guard while they try to sleep. We can't protect them when they're in harm's way. What we can do is honor them. This weekend, we honor the men and women who've given their lives for our freedom. In remembrance, this Memorial Day, we say thank you. AM 1250, The Answer. Is it possible to truly love your enemy? Discover the truth behind the Israeli-Palestinian conflict as never before in the award-winning film Hope in the Holy Land. An enlightening, politically nuanced, and morally sensitive look at both sides with real stories from Jews, Muslims, and Christians who've lived through the years of war in search of peace. Don't miss Hope in the Holy Land. Available now at SalemNow.com. Watch this film and pass it on. Go to SalemNow.com today. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
Outbound Parkway East just looks like a solid mess from Oakland to Forest Hills. Barely moving at all. On the inbound side, busy into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West slowing outbound. Banksville Road to Carnegie. Northbound 79, a heavy delay. Parkway North up to Cranberry, about 15 extra minutes there. On the Parkway North, we are looking okay right now. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. We'll see periods of rain tonight. It'll be breezy this evening with a low of 48. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and cooler with a little rain. We'll see a high tomorrow of 54. Sunday will be mostly cloudy with spotty showers and a high of 58. Memorial Day Monday will be mostly sunny and pleasant. We'll reach a high Monday of 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. CBS uh, caused quite a stir Sunday night when Leslie Stahl did a report on transgender men and women who had gone through transgender procedures, had regrets, and then transitioned back. LGBTQ, uh, uh, the Army, was all fired up and ripped Stahl for catering to transphobics. Walt Heyer knows about this uh, firsthand. He had transgender surgery and lived as a woman for eight years before transitioning back. Uh, And he has a website called transgenderregret.com. He joins us now. Walt, thanks for coming on again. Yeah, you're welcome. Actually, the website's called sexchangeregret.com. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought trans- it was sex change regret. My, my mistake. Sorry about that. Sex yeah, not, change not a problem. Regret. Yeah, I, de- I detransitioned 30 years ago. So, um, you know, it's fine, nice that 60 Minutes is catching up. Yeah. So you saw the 60 Minutes piece? I I read about it. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't see it. You know, what they yeah. were really trying to do in that piece was talk more about the people trying to prevent children from having access to hormone therapies and surgeries. Yeah. And isn't it, isn't it funny that during the same segment, they're talking about detransition, which would prove to any person watching this, that kids don't need uh, hormones in surgery if they're going to be detransitioning later on and regret it. Yeah. Uh, and um, she, Leslie Stahl is feeling the heat now from the transgender lobby. Um, she's saying now that she hopes that the uh, anti-transgender groups won't weaponize this story. It seems to me that it should be weaponized, what, what came out of that story. Well, absolutely. And not, not only that, um, furthermore, 60 Minutes should do an entire segment on detransition stories because... As an example, in my inbox, I've got over 9,000 emails from parents, transgenders, detransitioners, and regretters uh, who've been through this issue, and they've written me over the last dozen years. So it's a huge issue. And uh, Leslie Stahl, I thought by touching on that third rail, which she's not supposed to talk about, um, was almost apologetic about talking about it in her piece but mm-hmm. she could have gone much further and actually helped some people but it was nice that she said something about it yeah and um she i i guess she should have been prepared for the for the onslaught uh by just even mentioning that right because uh, oh. all four it, it, i mean she the 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 um the transgender lobby the some of the things that were said about the the, the idea even doing the segment was such a terrible thing yeah, I mean, I was surprised that she tackled it, but um, I must applaud her for having the courage or the producers having the courage to do it. But I think what's really coming down the line is they're preparing themselves uh, because there's going to be more and more of these stories. And, and I really believe they're really trying to get a little head start on it so that they can say two, three, four years from now, hey, we reported this and nobody was listening. <laughs> You know, because it's a much bigger problem than she even made it out to be. And I see this every single day because I'm working with people seven days a week, 365 days a year that have been through this and regret it. Some of the people I work with actually for a year or two 
after they've gone through the surgery because they lived that way for a dozen years and now they want help in detransitioning, changing their jobs, changing their birth record, and and so forth. It's a it's a big deal. Well, uh, here's somebody named Zach Ford of a group called Alliance for Justice, and this is a tweet that he put out there um, after watching the 60 Minutes piece. He said, Oh, wow, that 60-minute segment focusing on detransitioning is about as dangerous and one-sided as it could have been. Trans Trans regret rates top out at 5%. Telling a story only about detransitioners with only skeptical providers is spreading anti-trans propaganda. You buying any of that? Well, if he wants to actually read the real stats, he can go to the UK Guardian, July of 2004. And that's the Guardian, which is a left-wing rag. Yep. Had a report in there uh, by the University in, of Birmingham in the UK who reported after reviewing 100 research findings from around the world. The headline to that article in July 2004 was sex change surgeries are ineffective. And if you go to the third paragraph of that article, it says people are traumatized to the point of suicide after going through the surgery. And we could find somewhere around 20% at least have regret and wish they hadn't done it. That number is actually probably a little low. So there's a, a research, this is ARF, which is a research foundation group at the university, said it's at least 20%. So our little friend who wrote that little snipey uh, comment was quite wrong by 15% at least. Yeah, now, uh, um, GLAAD called the report, that's G-L-A-A-D, the uh, organization, called the report shameful and fear-mongering. That's... that's <laughs> It, it, yeah, I mean, it it, it it seems like creating fear of doing it is a good idea. There there should be some trepidation about having your body uh, mutilated. You know, you should, yeah. Well, there, should... I I like I, yeah. You're right. I, I liken it kind of. You know what? There the fear is actually for the glad for people to find out that people don't need to do this surgery, and it's it's almost like the way they're. Uh, exposing the lies that they've been telling people for years. And I can tell you, a researcher back in 1979 reported that uh, there were too many suicides and too much regret. In 1979, and this individual wrote that report, actually had worked for six years with 500 people who changed genders. And he said that it does more harm than it does good. 1979, read that report. Yeah, and and uh, we're talking to Walt Heyer. It's uh, sexchangeregret.com. Walt has uh, been uh, um, working with people who have had regrets about uh, getting a sex change operation and helping them uh, make the transition back, which he did after living as a woman for eight years. Um, transgender, transgender advocates, um, they seem pretty sensitive uh, uh, to any stories like yours. Do you still get pushback from them? Uh, not as much as I used to, you know, once I wrote my two really good selling books that everybody who's interested in the topic really need to be uh, paper genders and trans life survivors. Those two books will absolutely blow your mind on the history and what happens as a consequences to people who go through this. Those are two of the most important books. They're sold around the world. They're published around the world in, in Italy and the Czech Republic and other places. So these are great books. I had one uh, psychiatric doctor actually bought 700 copies of trans life survivors because he said it's one of the most important books of our time uh, about this subject. Wow. Now here's what this is. um, This is somebody named Dr. Lee Savio Beers. Does that uh, name sound familiar to you? No. Well, it, no. come on, Walt, don't laugh. She's, uh, I don't even know if it's a he or a she. It's L-E-E, uh, president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, and she, yeah. she pushed back on laws that have been passed uh, prohibiting gender change uh, procedures uh, for minors. This is what she said. This is a quote. This is about the, uh, the, the, uh, the gender change. These are not experimental treatments. They're really based in scientific literature. 
They're based in decades and decades of expert experience, and they're backed by a number of major medical organizations. You buying that one? Well, that's sort of like saying the COVID-19 came from the wet market. So <laughs> when it didn't, we know it came from the lab. So that's just uh, that's the way they do it. Uh, nonsense. The fact of the matter is that this uh, changing kids' genders is is experimental. It's harmful, and it will destroy their life. It's actually child abuse, and um, you know they're going to be coming back with this on 60 Minutes at some point. And just like they've had to do it and admit about where the COVID vaccine was actually right. COVID uh, came from, they're going to have to admit, yeah, this has been a problem. Because we've known about this being a problem since 1979. It's not new. It's a problem. And they are so fearful that people are going to find out because they're so invested in the surgery because they make so much money from it. They get it's totally pumped up by money from uh, all these different uh, left-wing groups, the, the trans activists. Um, and, and all four of the people that featured in the story on, um, on 60 Minutes that Leslie Stahl did, all four of them, uh, again, they're people who, who had sex change operations and then transitioned back. All four of them in the story said that they felt like they didn't get enough pushback after they made the decision as a young person. Is that a common theme among the people you work with? That nobody, that they, they wish somebody would have talked them out of it. Yes, I'm working with a young boy right now who went through the surgery, and he said, I kept telling them that I, I had a drug addiction problem. I had bipolar disorder. I had other issues. They said, oh, don't worry about it. This is going to take care of things. And so sure will, yeah. they did the surgery on him, and now he regrets it. Now he wants an attorney to sue him. Wow. Uh, and uh, here's a tweet from Glad, another one. This is all. These are all Walt in, in uh, uh, you know response to the piece that um, the tweets yeah. that came out after the the story ran on uh, Sunday night. This is from Glad. Yeah. Quote: The segment also wrongfully implied that trans YouTubers and online communities, which affirm trans youth, are somehow brainwashing kids and turning them trans. That is dangerous and at the same time ridiculous. Aren't we past arguing that media can turn people gay or trans? How do you like that one? Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is the kids themselves who I work with from anywhere from the age of 13 to 16 tell me that they discovered about transgender identities uh, in chat rooms on the Internet. And after working with these in young individuals, they tell me I really didn't want to be trans, but it just felt like a community that I could join where I would be accepted, where otherwise I wasn't being accepted. And they actually admit I really wasn't trans, but I started identifying as trans, cutting my hair, wearing, in the girls' cases, wearing men's underwear. And once I confront them about why do you want to destroy who you are, that's always a question I ask young people. Why do you want to destroy who you are and what caused you to not like who you are? And it began, they began to understand this is a very destructive thing. Nobody's trying to become somebody else. They're actually trying to destroy who they are. And once they see that dynamic and then they, they go, oh, yeah, you're right. Because, you know, cutting off body parts and taking hormones is self-destructive behavior. You can a boy can never become a woman. A girl can't become a man. So you're actually destroying who you are in an attempt to become someone who you can never be. And is that what you realized about yourself? Is that how you decided that you made that, a mistake? Absolutely. Yeah. Once you wake uh, up to the insanity, you know, um, that you, you you can't change who you are. It's once the sperm hits the egg, the game is over. Your gender and sex <laughs> is fixed. Until I know, but forever. Walt, this is, this is, this is uh, that, what you just said has been true for about, uh, I don't know, as long Since as humans man. have been walking on the planet. What, 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 yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden now for someone to say that, there's something wrong with you. Or me, if I, yeah. if I say that, well, I, I'm a bad person. Well, you know, if I'm a bad person, that's the bad person I would like to be because I want to talk about the truth. I, it, until such time as I stopped getting emails in my inbox saying, I regret having done this, they did this to me. I'm, and one kid, he was 15, got the hormone blockers, changed genders at 18, contacted me at 19, 
and said, I feel like a Frankenstein monster. Can you help me detransition? My life is ruined. I want those to stop. And that's why I'm going to keep speaking out until my inbox doesn't get any more of those emails. And if these people think that kids ruining their life is a good idea, they can kiss my (laughs) you-know-what. We're talking to Walt Heyer. He's, uh, he's an author of a couple of, a lot of books, but uh, Trans Life Survivors, Paper Genders, and uh, uh, sex re- SexChangeRegret.com. Got a couple of minutes left here, Walt. Uh, what are the chances that the 60-minute segment and the reaction to it, which uh, some of which I just read, and your reaction to it, could make uh, transgendered people who have regret to come forward and admit it? I mean, the, the, did they let the cat out of the bag a little bit by showing millions of people that there are people out there willing to say they regret it and there is something you can do about it? Yeah, I I think that's absolutely right. I had somebody who had, he's a teacher, he's 37 years old. He had the surgery in October and he contacted me and says he actually regrets it and I'm working with him now. He doesn't really, he said, I'm not homosexual. Now keep in mind, 90% of the people I work with are not homosexual. So it's, it's not an issue of homosexuality or GLAD and all these other people want everybody to think who goes through this is a homosexual. They're not. Uh, many of them are just confused young people or, or adults who are suffering from something called autogynephilia or transvestic fetish disorders, or they have body dysmorphia or social anxiety disorder. They have what we call comorbidities. And if we deal with these comorbidities, we have found that they desist from the desire of changing genders. And you're fighting against the media uh, and and an entire yeah. par- uh, entire entire political party, uh, yeah. liberals and Democrats that uh, have now uh, decided that uh, you are uh, insane for saying that there's anything wrong with this, and that you're right. a bad person. How, how how do you? I mean, the, the, the how do you fight against the tide? Well, here's the thing. I keep telling my wife and my friends, you know. I'm going to keep saying the truth because I guarantee you at this time, there will be a day when people realize, hey, Walt was right. These other people saying the same thing Walt was saying, they're right. We never should have done this. I mean, they've been, there's been people talking about this for years. Charles L. Illenfeld, who was a doctor in the 70s, Paul McHugh, myself, Ryan T. Anderson. There's numerous people speaking the truth, and it will prevail and they will be on the wrong side of this issue, and they'll realize how foolish, even stupid, it is to have this argument. For Since the beginning of time, everybody has known what their gender sex is until the LGBTs sunk their teeth into them and started this nonsense about you can change your gender. It's absolute hogwash. I got about 45 seconds left. I, I, don't know, I probably don't have time to get into this, but Chelsea Mitchell... She uh, wrote an op-ed for USA Today about having uh, to compete against men, uh, boys, in, in high school track. And after the fact, USA took out the word male and changed it to transgender when she complained about having to compete against males. They said that the word male was hurtful. That's what you're dealing with. Yeah, well, this is the ultimate insanity when we're trying to destroy what a male is and what a female is, and we're allowing men who are much more capable in terms of speed and running than women are. Women don't have a chance. And on the other side of that, women who become men try to compete with men, they, they are totally washed out. They don't talk about that side of it because they no. get hammered. They, can't, they come in last every time. Right. Hey, uh, I'm out of time, Walt. Always good to have you on. Uh, I really appreciate Pleasure. it. Pleasure. And uh, we'll have you on again sometime. Okay, that's Walt Heyer, and it's uh, sexchangeregret.com. I'll be right back. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing 
great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. And speaking of toxic masculinity, uh, uh, get back to the subject that we talked with Walt about. Uh, according to a, a thing I just saw, I think I just saw this today, yeah, um, from Gallup, by a two-to-one margin, Americans uh, believe that uh, transgender uh, athletes should compete against members of the same biological sex. This is where the world is now, that you would have to take a poll to find out if most human beings in any country, but in America think that there's a difference between men and women when they compete against each other in sports. Like anybody would be surprised that any, that, 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 that stuns me that it's only two to one, that a, a, a huge majority of people would think that it's stupid to have boys and men compete against girls and women in sports. It's just, it keeps going on and on and on and, uh, this um, I'm glad we had Walt on. I love having that guy on. He's a he's a courageous guy, and a, uh, he knows he knows more about this than any person walking on the planet. He did it. He knows why he did it. He changed into a woman. He changed back. He's married to a woman now. Uh, but that's I think that 60 minutes piece, as I said to Walt, I think they may have uh, let the cat out of the bag a little bit, and they're going to see more and more people coming forward and admitting that they made the big mistake we'll see anyway uh, that's it for another week and i appreciate all the help from mike and darren and thank you for listening and i'll talk to you on tuesday not monday the john steigerwald show is a production of the answer pittsburgh and salem media group